Welcome to In Here We Trust. This podcast is my take on the shit they didn't teach you in beauty school. Listen along for tough love, no bullshit stories about all the things I've learned and all the mistakes I've made. If you're a current salon owner or you're aspiring to become one, I've got you covered. My name is Christina McCaro, the owner, founder, CEO of Loveland Salons, and this is In Here We Trust. Welcome to season two of the podcast. This is episode seven. I really wanted to release this a month ago. I know I said in the last episode that I was planning on taking a break until February, but I got a little busy opening our second Lovelane Salon location. So I'm going to forgive myself for being a bit delayed with the launch of the second season of In Hair We Dressed. I am so excited to be back, though, giving you more of my unfiltered opinions my struggles, advice, and stories of salon ownership. I do want to take a quick second to reintroduce myself and the podcast. So hello, I'm Christina McCaro. I own two salons in downtown Jersey City. That's very crazy to say. Still doesn't feel real. I've been in the industry for over 15 years, and believe it or not, I never thought I was going to be a hairstylist. I started my career working the front of house and managing salons, and I loved it. Eventually, enough people convinced me to give it a shot, and I enrolled in beauty school. That is where I fell in love with the craft of hair. I was never one of those hairstylists that just knew in their bones that they were meant for this industry. I kind of fell into it. I particularly fell in love with color, and after years in top salons in New York City and bouncing around trying to find my forever salon home, I realized that I was just going to have to build it for myself. So I opened the first Loveland Salon location in 2017, and we just opened the second location this February of 2022. I am still working on launching Loveland EDU. Again, got a little delayed with the opening of the second salon, Um, but the uh, education project is my true passion project. I really am working to create real resources for real salon owners and industry professionals, not a pyramid scheme coaching program that we're seeing all over the place. So that is coming very soon. In the meantime, follow along here and the Instagram account for a ton of real life and free shit. Anyway, after 15 plus years in the beauty industry and over five as a salon owner, I am no longer behind the chair. But when I was, I niched down and specialized in brunette balayage and bridal hair. Now I've realized that my love of a good spreadsheet, my passion for killer branding, and my drive to create a badass culture are not frivolous things. Salon ownership is tough. And this podcast is my way of saying it doesn't have to be. It's an honest account of every mistake I've made, advice you can take if you want to, and my raw opinions of the industry. So thank you for listening. I'm happy you found it. And if you want a little bit more of my real backstory, um, you can check out the trailer episode of the In Hair We Trust podcast. I dive into a little bit more. But this episode, episode seven, is dedicated to all the things you might forget when opening a brick and mortar. And after doing it twice, I think I've got some good stuff to share with you all. Before I go any further, I want to say this is not a clickbait situation where I will be talking only about strategy, branding, and culture. Those things are so immensely important, but not what this episode is about. 
promise I will be yelling about those things in future episodes and on Instagram. All right. So you want to open a salon. Cool. Let's do it. You know that saying, measure twice and cut once? I love that advice because in real life, it's more like measure three or four or five times and then cut once, realize you botched it and cut it again or try to salvage the scraps you now have laying around. That's what it feels like when you're opening a salon or at least it did for me. So first things first, do not forget to learn your numbers. Do your homework and learn your numbers. Want to be successful? Don't sleep on developing your business plan, on creating your financial projections, or on making a proper budget. You need to know what you look like from a liquid financial perspective. What is it going to cost to run a salon the way that you want it to be run? What do you need to bring in to cover those fixed expenses? How many employees will you need and what can you actually offer them? You need to know what your business is going to look like. Hint, hint, that's where the strategy and the culture come in. You need to know these things so that you can run the numbers and see what your fixed expenses are. You need to know what you need to squirrel away. Honestly, three to six months of fixed expenses and a secret bank account is not a bad idea. You need to know these things so that you can realistically afford the build out or the renovations for the salon that you want. So if you're thinking of opening a salon because you think it's a cash cow or a high profit business, I'm so sorry to be the one to tell you this, but it's not. The cost of workers comp, of taxes, of credit card processing fees, and the maintenance alone will take a massive bite out of your gross profits. But if you're smart, if you study your numbers, if you hire the right people to help you, and you really, really stick to your budget, you can absolutely generate a healthy profit. Numbers are king. They don't lie, so know them. Good hair will only get you so far, and if you don't know your profit margins and your operating costs, you're not going to make it too long. So many salons overcapitalize at the start and the owners back themselves into working behind the chairs just to keep things afloat. We've all seen it. We've all worked in those salons, which most of the time, you know that that negatively impacts their leadership abilities. The overheads and the expenses on running a brick and mortar salon business can be a massive commitment. I mean, think about it. If you're locked into a multi-year lease that you had to renovate, Ah, it's so much. (laughs) Well, when you're creating your business plan and really diving into your numbers, you also want to factor in your future plans. That goes back to the strategy that you should have that we're not talking about this episode, but you definitely need. Do not forget to think about your future and your goals for scaling your salon. Personally, Lovelane outgrew the first salon space pretty quickly and moving is expensive. I wasn't going to do it. So we waited and we opened a second salon. So instead of investing in a larger location, I now have two smaller locations. But we waited to open that second location until the right space was available. In the interim, we had to come up with some pretty clever solutions to exist in our space with a larger team. So all I'm saying is don't forget about the future. It never hurts to think about your needs for the long term when you're assessing your numbers and making these plans. So yes, do not forget your numbers or to make a business plan or to hire an accountant. I've said it a hundred times, DM me if you need a referral. I have great resources, but trust me, you will thank yourself later if you really spend the time to learn these things. I think financial literacy is something that we are massively lacking in this industry and I might be on a one woman mission to change that. 
My next piece of advice, do not forget to follow the rules. You need to do everything by the book. Unpopular opinion, I know. Personally, I love to push the envelope. I love to break the rules or like dance around them. But we are talking about business. We are talking about your livelihood and the livelihoods of your current or future team. So do it all the right way. Work with a commercial real estate agent. Have a lawyer review your lease before you sign anything. Honestly, you should never sign anything until your lawyer looks at it. Um, Hire a general contractor. Pull the right permits. Understand local zoning laws. Know the state and local governments and what they're requiring of you to own, to open, and to operate a salon. Cut hair, not corners. It will cost you more in the long run, I promise you, so do it right the first time. There are a ton of back-end details that you'll most likely forget or not even realize you need to take care of. For instance, you need to have a name and a legal structure for your business before you can even sign a lease. Once you have your legal entity properly registered, you can obtain a federal employer ID or an EIN and a state tax ID. You're going to need these things to first open a business bank account, but also when you are creating vendor accounts and you're trying to run payroll. So do not forget to apply for those things. Um, Also, you need to apply for your salon license with the Board of Cosmetology. When I opened the first salon in New Jersey in 2017, I applied in September of that year and we were open in November. So we had a very quick turnaround. We were fully inspected by the state, local governments, the whole thing. In Jersey City, a salon in New Jersey, in Jersey City, New Jersey, um, a salon needs to have a CO or a certificate of occupancy. We need to have an inspection from the fire department, an inspection from the state board of cosmetology, and a health department inspection. This time around, in 2022, I started my renovations actually in March of 2021, and I was not able to be open and operational until February of 2022. That is almost a full calendar year. The landscape of the world was very different, so all of my inspections took a lot longer, and it was a nightmare. So do not forget that your lease is a legally binding contract between you and your landlord. Even if you are not open and operating, you may still have to pay full rent, and that's the same for a mortgage. So to recap so far, don't forget your business plan, your budget, and your financial projections. Don't forget to hire professionals or to set your business up legally. And don't forget to understand what is required of you on a local and state level. Now let's talk about securing your location. So you found the perfect space, right? You're so excited. You need to figure out how to maximize your profitable square footage in there. What is going to make you the most money? Maximizing your revenue generating square footage is everything. I think that as creatives, we get very excited sometimes and we rush right to wallpaper and, you know, doorknobs and light fixtures, but we forget that we have to design the space for functionality and for profitability. For example, Lovelane offers only haircuts and color services to generate revenue. My first space is an 1,100 square foot. Um, It's a gorgeous exposed brick loft with a ton of wasted space. The layout is awful. I can only truly have six stations in that space because of this said layout and because of the electrical situation there. So my revenue generating square footage is nowhere near an, an ideal situation for that amount of space. My second space, the new salon, is much smaller. It is 
750 square feet, and we have six stations in there. We are maximizing the square footage in this new location way more efficiently because I knew what I was looking for and what I was building this time around. So I recommend asking yourself, what does your business really need? Ask yourself, what does my business really need? What does my business specialize in? What is going to generate the most revenue for my business? How much space will that require? Then you start designing. Function first, aesthetics second. So now that you're designing, know this. Customer experience rules everything around you. Do not forget the customer when you are doing the fun part of designing and curating this space. Like I said, we are creatives. This is where we shine, right? You've been dying to pick out these chairs and these mirrors and these lights, but you need to make your space functional. Make it functional for your team, for anyone who's working behind the chair, but also make it functional for your clients. Map out your client experience in the salon. Put yourself in the space of being a client in that headspace. What does the flow of their service look like, of their appointment? What touch points will they be interacting with? Where's the most comfortable place for your clients and your team to take photos? I mean, it's 2022. Instagram, you know, is the most important thing, right? Um, You need to design your salon with those details in mind. Think about how a client is going to be coming in and out of your space. These are the design details that are memorable to clients that make or break experiences and should be at the forefront of your mind when you are designing your space. The list of things you need in a salon is endless, I feel like. Most of these things I can rattle off, and they're things that you probably won't forget because you interact with them every day when you're in the salon, when you're behind the chair. Like your mirrors, your styling chairs, your shampoo units, your floor mats, trolleys, blow dryers, brushes, clips, color brushes, you know, all that stuff. I recommend making a master list as you work and actually touch and engage with these things when you're behind the chair. Add to that list as you realize you need things and then remove things as you audit that list because you're going to realize that some of these things aren't actually supporting your workflow or the way that your employees are going to operate in there or the client experience. Don't buy shit to buy shit because every penny counts when you're opening a business. If you are reaching out to suppliers to purchase salon equipment, make sure to get realistic timelines on shipping dates. This time around when I opened the second location, a lot of the equipment that I really wanted was out of stock and did not have fulfillment dates yet. So I needed to find alternatives that matched my budget and aesthetic. So that is a hot tip. When you are designing the details and making decisions on things like wall colors and fixtures, Let me give you another little piece of advice. Everything stains. (laughs) No matter what anyone tells you or how neat you think you and your team are, almost everything stains. Hardwood floors look gorgeous. They stain. We have washable rugs over high traffic areas of our hardwood floor in the new space for added protection. Um, Concrete countertops. They stain no matter how much sealant you put on them. Um, I am thinking for my space, because I put concrete countertops in, about getting tempered glass to cover ours. Um, White walls, they look so chic. They stain with color. The shampoo area at the original space looks like a Jackson Pollock painting on a regular basis, and I have to constantly touch it up. So I tiled everything I possibly could in the new space. I used white tile with black grout to avoid staining in all of the high traffic areas. And it made a huge difference with the appearance and the cleanliness of the space. So 
I recommend looking into metal. We have a lot of black metal or like stainless steel because those surfaces just don't stain and they don't fade or wear the same way. When you're picking out finishings as well, like doorknobs or light switch uh, face plates, cabinet pulls, molding, think about the function of these things, not just the aesthetic. Do you want a cabinet with handles or without? Um, do you want like little fingerprints because you have to push these cabinets open? I happen to love the look of square molding, but let me tell you, it is essentially just another ledge for hair to build up on. So all of these are little details that you are 100% going to forget about because you're so excited about designing the space, but you will curse yourself for not thinking of it um, during the design process when you're living in that space. The not so glamorous part of designing and operating a salon is in all of the details that no one will ever appreciate, but you absolutely need to not forget about. Do not forget to obtain business insurance and workers' comp, depending on where you are located and how your business is structured. You need to set up your utilities, uh, power, security systems, water, trash, phone, internet, etc. Whatever you need and whatever your lease requires of you. You need to set up accounts with vendors for salon products. Think about your wet line, um, your color line, tools that you need for your trade. You need to set up a point of sale software because it's 2022 and we don't use paper books anymore if we really want to know our metrics and make our lives easier. Um, setting up you know, your online booking. You need to set up credit card processing. You will also most likely need... Uh, some technology like computers, iPads, credit card terminals, and you need to set up your accounting and bookkeeping software like a QuickBooks or whatever your accountant and CPA suggests. If you feel like any of this would be more helpful in a checklist as I'm saying this, um, I realize I should probably just have all of this as a resource. And if you think it would be more helpful that way because you are planning on opening a salon, send me a DM or an email and I will get it to you. The link to the podcast Instagram, to my Instagram, and to the email are in the description of this episode. And if you hit me up, I will definitely put that in checklist for you. Um, but okay, back to you. all the shit you'll forget when opening a brick and mortar. So once you have a strong pulse on everything I just talked about, it's time to think about the daily operations and the salon culture. And no, I said I wasn't going to dive too much into that, but I do want to touch on it before I wrap all of this up. You know, are you going to have a team? Do you need support staff as part of that team? What are your operating hours going to be? What employee benefits are you going to offer? How and where are you going to be advertising? I want to save a lot of that for future episodes or else I'm just going to be ranting for an hour and no one really has time for that. But however, those things are not any less important because I'm not going to dive fully into them right now. Hell, I mean, that's really what's at the core of your business. So remember that you are putting yourself in a position to be a leader when you become a salon owner. And you can become the leader that you never had but always wanted. How can you create a culture within your salon that allows people to build better and build faster and hit the success that maybe you couldn't until now? At least that's what I ask myself almost every day. The reality is when you open a brick and mortar business, you know, specifically a salon we're talking about, but when you open a brick and mortar and you build a team, you are so much more than your own boss. You have to show up for your clients and you have to show up for your team every damn day. Honestly, I think that sums up everything I wanted to make sure that I shared in this episode. So if you are planning on opening a brick and mortar salon, 
know your numbers, love your numbers, follow the rules, design with your client experience in mind before aesthetics, and remember that culture is at the core of what you are building. And if you want a detailed list of all of the smaller nuanced things that you need to make sure that you buy and a timeline of how I did it, reach out and I will send you what I created for myself, what I used. I did it twice, you know? Um, I'm always happy to share and to help make someone else's life a little bit easier. Make sure that you are following along on my personal page at Christina Macaro and the podcast page at In Here We Trust on Instagram for more real life content and resources. But thank you for checking out the first episode of season two of the In Here We Trust podcast. I love sharing all of this and I will be back with more shit they didn't teach you in beauty school next week and the week after that. So thanks again for listening to another episode of In Here We Trust. Until next time.